0: Good morning everyone and uh, it's my privilege this morning to bring a message from the Bible as part of our online service. As Edward has already said, today we're beginning a new series in the book of Daniel there in the Old Testament and we've called this series Courageous Living. I love the book of Daniel. It's one of the most interesting and most exciting books in the Bible I'd encourage you over the next few weeks, if you can, to find some time to read through the whole of the book. It's found among the major prophets there in the Old Testament after Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. It's probably most famous for one story in its book, Daniel in the Lion's Den. But we're going to look at all the stories and we have glimpses into Daniel's life over a period of 75 years or more. Just to put it in its historical context, Daniel was a teenager who was taken captive into Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, modern day Iraq, invaded Judah and Israel and besieged Jerusalem. And after a series of deportations, he laid waste to Jerusalem. It follows the story of this young man who was faithful to God, in difficult circumstances. He outlived four kings, two empires, and helped change the course of nations. One of the key phrases in the book is the most high is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the world. Our God reigns. And this was such an encouragement to Daniel as it is to us today. As we hear the news, our God reigns. As we see nations in turmoil, our God reigns. Whatever the future holds, our God reigns. He sees, he knows, and he is on the throne, working his purposes out. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me in his hands. So let's get going. We're going to listen to chapter one of Daniel.
1: The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar; to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men of your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah so they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom.
0: Daniel chapter 1. I wonder if you can remember your teenage years. For some of us it's going back a little way now. What were they like? What were the challenges that you faced? Here we see Daniel as a teenager, taken from his home, Jerusalem, to Babylon, deported, taken captive. We know that our teenage years can be some of the most critical in our lives. Years when we make big decisions, life-changing decisions, choices. It can be true that the decisions we make as teenagers can determine how we face the future decisions and challenges of our lives. For me, I was quite a rebellious teenager, but I came to know Jesus at the age of 19 and he changed the course of my life. For Daniel, at that very young age, a teenager, he had a privileged background, He had everything going for him. He was born of noble blood. He was handsome and intelligent. He was set for the very top, yet one day everything changed. He lost everything. At the age of 16 or so, he was taken off in chains to a foreign land. He lost everything except his faith. It's a pretty traumatic experience for a teenager. The king of Babylon at the time, King Nebuchadnezzar, had invaded and besieged Jerusalem. Nothing new there. You can take any century of history and find such a scenario repeated again and again. Babylon was the superpower of its day. King Nebuchadnezzar was a tyrant and he comes against Jerusalem, he comes against God's place, God's temple and God's people And God gives him the victory. Nebuchadnezzar walked straight into Jerusalem and God let him in. Why? You may be asking, you mentioned that one of the themes was our God reigns. Was this God's sovereignty? God had warned his people again and again through the prophets. They had broken his covenant. They had turned away from him the one who had delivered them out of slavery, the one who called them into relationship, but one bad king after another had led the people astray into idolatry, immorality, all kinds of evil. And God had warned them again and again, if you go on like this, you will have to leave this land, this promised land, this holy land. And you know what? They didn't take God seriously. They didn't listen, they didn't care, they went their own way. So the Lord gave Nebuchadnezzar the victory. To show his contempt, Nebuchadnezzar ransacked the temple. He took the sacred cups and artifacts from the temple and he put them up in his own temples of his own gods, there in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also decided to take the very best of the young people as living vessels back to Babylon too, some of the noble youths. This was not out of the kindness of his heart. Probably it was a determined strategy to rob Jerusalem of its royal line, its nobility, its potential leaders. And among those he kidnapped, Those he took captive were Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But in the sovereignty of God, in these four young men, God was coming to Babylon, to its very heart, the center of Babylon, that place of huge human pride. Remember the Tower of Babel, built to defy God? And what was meant for evil, God would turn for good. Daniel and his friends found themselves in exile. Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to forget everything that they had known, forget their land, forget their God and serve him and him alone. So he needed to get rid of everything that reminded them of God, starting with their names. These four young people must have had godly parents because all of their names contains the name of God. El or Yah, Daniel, God is judge. Hananiah, Yahweh is gracious. Mishael, who is like our God. And Azariah, Yahweh is my helper. So Nebuchadnezzar changed their names and the new names they were given contain the names of his pagan gods. Daniel became Belteshazzar after the pagan god Bel or Baal. Shadrach, Meshach, that was Hananiah and Mishael were named after Aku, the moon god. Anabednego, that was Azariah's new name, named after Nebo, another pagan god. They were taught a new language. They were educated in the ways of Babylon. And it's always the demand of conquerors to always obey their rules, conform to their worldview. How would they survive? How would their faith stand the test? How would they live courageously in this new landscape? There's something quite relevant here at this time of year when we pray for our children and young people as they go back to schools and colleges and universities I know what it's like to be a parent to see off a child and we've known that as our young people go off to college or university they begin a new way of life they find their way in the world and their faith will be tested will be challenged I know that's true for all of us in in every part of our lives, but especially true for our young people. Daniel and his friends found themselves challenged in a very different culture, different surroundings. In my experience, there is a moment, one key decision fairly early on, a fork in the road. Which way will you go? How will you live? A decision that has to be made. And let's take a look briefly at that moment for Daniel. It came from a very surprising place. It came from the kitchen. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted these bright young things to be like him, to be educated like him. He wanted them to eat the same food as him from his own table. So why is this an important issue for Daniel? Why is this a moment for Daniel to make a stand? He had accepted a new name. He would accepted a new education. And the word here used for that food from the king's table in verse 16, translated sometimes as choice food, also means offering food. Food that had been sacrificed to the idols, the gods of Babylon. And it became for Daniel... An issue of principle. It's not so much an issue for us today, we don't really think about that. Although I remember as a student at a Bible college visiting a Sikh temple with some colleagues and we were asked to bow down to some of the gods in the temple and we refused. And afterwards we were offered food and and we looked at one another, some accepted the food and some didn't. We know the teaching of Paul and of Jesus that actually food it is, doesn't contain anything that would harm us. But here, for Daniel, it was a crucial issue. It was a point of principle. It reminded me of another story, a true story. One of my favourite films is Chariots of Fire. Now, Eric Liddell, that amazing Scottish runner, who became a missionary in China, made a stand, a point of principle. He wouldn't compete in the 100 meters because the heats happened to be on a Sunday. He took a stand. Daniel makes a stand now that will strengthen him for the years to come, the bigger challenges that will come. I know that Daniel, and this is interesting, that he made his stand graciously and courteously and wisely. So often as Christians, we can make a stand on a particular issue, whatever that issue may be, but we can do it in such a manner that we actually lose the respect of those that we're trying to influence, those that we're trying to witness to. We can do the right thing, but in the wrong way. Daniel does the right thing in the right way. And he gained respect. He honoured God and God honoured him. Daniel went to the chief official, Aspenaz, and just in the, as an aside, if you go to the British Museum today, there is a stone in the British Museum with an inscription, Ashpenaz, chief of the eunuchs in the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, the very man Daniel spoke to. I think that's just really interesting. For those who sometimes question the authority of the Bible, Daniel and his friends persuaded the official to give them a trial run to go without the king's food, the offering food for 10 days. And after 10 days, they looked fitter, healthier than any of the other young men who were eating well from the king's table. Daniel had made a stand. He knew it was important for him. I don't believe it was just the vegetarian diet for 10 days. God was honoring him and his friends. What a great witness. And it says in the the Bible there that God gave them spiritual gifts of discernment, interpreting dreams, gifts that would be so useful for Daniel in his future ministry. We'll see more about that next week. The point I want to make is Daniel made a stand. He made a choice. He lived courageously. He was offering his whole life to God it was not short-term thinking and we know that he will still be witnessing in his old age last week here in Camden Baptist Church we had the privilege of witnessing baptisms and all three of those wonderful testimonies made promises about living for Jesus following him with all of their lives Daniel made a stand And God honoured him. And you can say that because Daniel made this stand on this issue, he could face the challenge of the lion's den later on in his life. For Daniel and his friends, familiar patterns of worship had ceased. They were away from home, but their faith stood the test. Sometimes we're challenged in those ways too. We're, We're living in challenging days now. We can't gather as we once did for worship, as we would like to, but we can still grow in our faith and dig deep into our relationship with God. It's tempting sometimes as followers of Jesus that we might feel a little bit like Daniel. We can feel like a minority in a strange land where there are those who are hostile to the things of God. We live in a rapidly changing world where the currents of change are so powerful that it can swallow up anything in its path that is committed to a different point of view and as followers of Jesus we are always challenged to compromise to become just like the world around us and Daniel speaks to this in this chapter in the ones to come to us today wherever we are Paul does so as well in Romans chapter 12 where he says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the love, grace and power of God. Daniel encourages us to live courageously, to stay true to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. May we have the courage when we are challenged to stand firm to know that our primary allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died to set us free. Jesus has given us freedom and he asks us, what will you do with that freedom? Will you live for me in this world? Remember our God reigns. He is with us, he is for us. May we have the courage to stand up and be
1: like Daniel. Amen.